Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show podcast. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for uh, checking us out today. We've got a special guest in the studio with us. It's our very newest of the new Weekend Warrior special guest, Shannon Quimby. Yes. Shannon Quimby, hi, how are you? I am good, and I'm happy to be here. And we're happy to have you. I felt like, Corey, that you were going to say the newest member of the Weekend Warriors. But you kind of beat around that bush a little bit. A little bit. I mean, because here's the reason why. We extended an invitation to a celebrity to join us and be part <laughs> of the Weekend Warriors, and she hasn't answered yet. So that's why Corey was beating around the bush. She hasn't actually agreed. Well, I think she's agreed. Would, wouldn't you say you agreed, Shannon? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Easy peasy. I think... Easy uh, decision. I think it's... I mean, she's not like... She's a honorary member oh, i think okay. right right is like a you know okay but, well we have to because if she was more than an honorary member <laughs> we would have to take the logo and then we would have to add tony and Corey and, and shannon. shannon i hear you and then I where would you. we be no, I yeah, mean, not enough room right now yeah. <laughs> she is anyway she's she's part of the crew yes absolutely that. we're gonna be doing all kinds of stuff with her this year and she's working on a huge project so that's where we're gonna be this year you'll see a lot of our videos at her property. So yeah. that's what we're going to talk about today. Some of, I want to know about you. I think our viewers and our listeners want to hear about you, what your history is, your past, your experience. You've done some crazy stuff over the years. I have. I definitely have. Um, you know, it always started from basically um, if it was broken, we'd fix it. And if we couldn't fix it, we'd change it into something else. <laughs> so it was, it was a lifestyle from the get-go. Yeah. Um, you know, and we we DIY'd we were DIYing before DIYing was anything. We were before the any of the RE words. It was just who we are as a family and what we did. Yeah. And so and that just progressed into my career, which is amazing. And, you know, I remember when we were young, when we went to garage sales and estate sales, we didn't tell anybody. It was, you know, it was like, oh, you're going to a garage sale, you know, this and that, you know. And my mother um, would find um, secondhand clothing and cut out labels that were high end and, and put them on our jeans. And so, <laughs> wow. yeah. And so we were reusing and recycling and up upcycling before any of that was popular. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. The uh, It's interesting because what you just said is like the very definition of a weekend warrior. Absolutely. I mean, that's what that's what, how we look at it. Any, anybody that's willing to learn how to fix up their own house, how to, you know, make fix them, things, make the most of what they have, right? Make something out of nothing, all of those things. You know, we talk a lot about as weekend warriors, Corey and I talk a lot about um, our carbon footprint and, you know, being responsible stewards of the earth and all of those things on a regular basis. How to, um, Simply just do things the way we, we would need to do them if we thought that there was a, a, a time clock on, you know, our resources. And so as we do that, that's that's exact same thing that you've been doing, but from a different part of 
um, from the from a different part of the world. You just weren't here with us. If we would have got together twelve years ago, we'd have been, you know, talking about the same stuff. We would have been the three musketeers. <laughs> so long ago. Yeah. Well, and that just you know it just kind of progressed, and you know I started doing it uh, growing up. I started doing it. Uh, I was I loved taking shop in high school and I liked to build and my grandfather had a workshop and uh, he built birdhouses and my uncle um, built birdhouses and his contract was with Disney World and so wow. you know so we were always in I was always in the workshop and my dad had a workshop and my mom was very creative plus I think it's really crucial um, growing up is that my parents uh, encouraged the creativity. Yeah. And, you know, even if they knew they saw possibly the end result that wasn't going to go in the direction. (laughs) But, you know, there wasn't a cap on that. And so if I was building something or, you know, hammering something and even though if my dad told me to, you know, hold the hammer a certain way and I wasn't, he knew what was going to happen. And, you know, I'd have to learn the hard way. Um, But that just kind of generated generated into what I do today, which um, I would it's kind of hard. I wear a lot of hats. Um, but I, if you want to put it all in a pot, I would say I'm a salvage designer, hmm. you know, um, you know, cut to the chase. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting, uh, interesting name. I don't think I've ever heard that title before. No, yeah. that's first, but I'll tell you what, I'm hearing you tell me that you came from a generation where your creativity was not stifled, but but that was a generation where creativity a lot of times was stifled. So you you kind of are a a small percentage. You're the minority to come from that generation and be and be raised that way. Yeah, and also you know we didn't have a lot of money either. And so if it was broke, we couldn't just go out and buy it again. We couldn't replace it with something new. And uh, so we were always trying to figure out what to do with it. And I like to tinker. Um, I lo- when when something's broken and I take it apart, I actually look at pieces differently than what their purpose was originally, and I get that asked that question asked all the time, like how did you think to do that or put that together, and I'm and I'm like, well, I don't see that bottle as just a bottle. I see it as something else, and I see it. I flip it around. I turn feeder. it upside. Yeah, <laughs> I turn it upside down. I flip it over. You know, I I spin it. I just you know change it all the time. You know, think what else we could do with it. I'll tell you what. I don't have that. No, I don't have that ability to to look at something. I see these people all the time. They take stuff. And they upcycle it or that term, you know, where they take things and they make it into other things. I don't have that brain. I have a very technical brain. When I see something, I see it for what it is. You know, I don't I don't look at it and say, I could use that in this way as this other thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just I'm not that good at that. That's interesting. I was actually on your website and I was looking through all of the photos of all of the things that you've repurposed or upcycled. Um, whatever it was in those instances, uh, balusters from a handrail or yep. legs from a chair that have turned into um, candle holders, yep. or candelabras or whatever. And so much more amazing. I mean, photo after photo after photo of things that you've done, that you've created something great out of something old, mm-hmm. uh, something that was great, but in a different way and at a different time. And uh, I was really enjoying that. What now? What was, what is... Your website, which so we can share it with the listeners so they can um, go check out and see what I saw. It's my name, ShannonQuimby.com. 
Easy that peasy. That is very easy. Yeah. How many two N's in Shannon? Two, <laughs> two N's, N's, yes. S-H-A-N-N-O-N. Oh, three N's, you mean. Three N's. Three N's. Yeah. Shannon, Shannon Quimby. 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 Yeah. Like Ramona, like the books. Oh, okay. Yeah, Quimby. Yeah, ShannonQuimby.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah, that website is great. There's such a, such a depth of really good stuff on there. I really enjoyed it. I found myself... I mean, I was probably looking at your website for an hour, just going through all of the tabs and looking at all of the stuff. And of course, I was preparing for this conversation, and I wanted to be able to be a contributor. Right? Were you at work doing this, Tony? I was on the clock. Yeah, I was just wondering. Definitely getting paid to browse (laughs) your website. Uh, Research. Yeah. Tony's Tony's boss is listening right now. (laughs) Uh, But there was a lot of really good stuff on there. Um, Also. Corey and I discovered the other day that you wrote a book. Yeah, I did. And that you are officially an author. I am. Another one of the amazing things oh. that you have uh, on your list of accomplishments. Um, what is the name of your book? Uh, Shannon Quimby, Color, Create, Decorate. Yeah. Color, Create, Decorate. Yeah, that was that was the first one. I've been a contributor to three others. Um, the author is uh, Joanne Palmazano, and she's written uh, three books all about salvage, decorating, and decor, and design. And I was honored to be a contributor to those uh, three books of hers. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, and the thing is, um, I just kind of fell into this. I, I love, like you said, I like building and creating and redoing and such. And I opened up an antique store. And I called it uh, Quimby's Arts and Antiques. So I had a little, you know, a little leadway there. So if I built something and put it in, they'd say, well, that's not antique. I'm like, nope, it's not. It's art. It's art. <laughs> yeah. So it's Quimby's Arts and covered, Antiques. Covered your bases there. <laughs> yeah, Good. I did. I totally did. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I started doing antique shows. I started, you know, I'd haul it all in. I had a 7240 Conline 3 on the tree. And um, I'd go do a show. And then uh, one day a photographer came up and, and looked at my booth and said, Wow, I really like how you designed your, you know, styled your booth. You know, is this any representation of your home? And I said, yeah, I just took that bench out of the kitchen this morning. <laughs> so they're like, hey, well, we'd like to come and take a look at your home and shoot your home. And I said, I don't know what that means, shoot your home. And well, we'd like to take some photographs, maybe get it published. And I said, published in what? You know, so I was so naive. I didn't know anything about this. And so I said, all right. And they did. And then they, so they were there for a day and they took a whole bunch of photos and everything. And then it ended up in Country Living Magazine and a couple other magazines. And then about, oh gosh, it was about two years later. And I had, I told you I had an antique store. And this is so great, you guys. This is so awesome. So I'm dating myself. So I come into work and I'm hitting the, um, answering machine <laughs> this is this is early 2000s i'm yeah. dating myself i told you i'm in the answer machine and there's this and there's this message and it says hi shannon this is so and so from and so i'm writing it down right writing down this is so and so from um homes and gardens television um we saw your home in uh, country living magazine we're interested in coming in and um, doing a uh, segment about you give us a call so i'm writing this down Homes and Gardens Television. In the meantime, I've done a lot of local television. I've done, you know, and I thought, oh, this is probably some um, local TV. And I'm writing down Homes and Gardens. Te- oh, my God. <laughs> this is HGTV. HGTV just left me a voicemail. Holy schmoly, right? <laughs> and I'm all by myself. It was real. It was. I was like, oh, my gosh. So he so calls back. So... 
So I'm just shaking in my boots. Like, what? What? And this, so when they said they look, they saw my kitchen in this magazine, that magazine came out, it was two years ago. It wasn't like on the stands. Right. That had been two years. Wow. And so I. They I, were recycling old yeah, stuff. Right. They were upcycling. They yeah. were, yeah. <laughs> upcycling. Mm-hmm. And so I, I call him back and I get, I get his voicemail. And you know your office voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I go like this. I go, uh, yeah. So I, I listen to him and I, it's my turn and I go, uh, yeah. Hi, uh, Craig. Uh, so-and-so. Hi, Craig. Uh, yeah. This is uh, Shannon Quimby from Quimby's Arts and Antiques. I, I got your message about, uh, possibly being on, uh, Holmes and Garns television. My answer is duh. HDTV. Call me. <laughs> 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 I love it. I guess you got to be who you are. That's right. Yeah, that's that's right. right. He calls me back within five minutes. He's laughing. And once again, dating myself, he's laughing. He goes, Shannon, he goes, do you have a fax machine? And I said, yes. He goes, okay, I just edited that clip on your on my answer machine, sent it to marketing, and we would like to use that in between commercials. Duh, H- your <laughs> duh, HGTV, and can we know we'd like to send a release over so you can sign that. So that wasn't that was just a sidebar, and I said sure. And anyway, next thing they came out, and um, we'd filmed a segment on one of their shows, and I guess it got really strong ratings. Uh, they called me back. They asked me to be a regular on the show. And so I was, and what I did was, is I would take like a piece of like a fence board and I would change it and make it into three different things. Or I would take a light fixture that was busted and I would make it into something else. And that was the whole premise. And I was doing this way before anybody else was doing this. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then that led to another show on HGTV and then that led to, uh, getting a column in a magazine and I wrote for the Oregonian for 10 years in the Homes and Gardens section. And it just kind of kept evolving. And uh, so now I've worked with Better Homes and Gardens, with Meredith Publications and HGTV and and all the big brand mags for nearly 25, 30 years. Wow. Wow. And now she's stepped up. Yeah. yeah to be now, on our... Now you've joined the big leagues. That's right. <laughs> this is our tiny, yep. tiny podcast. <laughs> So we just actually hit a milestone on our YouTube channel. We hit a quarter of a million views. Yeah. <gasps> I mean, I didn't know that Corey, Corey's mom and my mom had a, a enough <laughs> time <laughs> to listen uh, to the thing that much. Truly. Or, or to watch. <laughs> yeah. So basically, our parents are nonstop, you know, YouTubing you our, just watch our stuff. I know. Yeah. We always say, when we were on the radio, we would always say that we had three listeners. My mom, Tony's mom. And then some lady in Washington. Yeah, some lady in Washington <laughs> who shows up at a the Home and Garden show and wants a picture with us. Well, yeah. then that one guy in Spokane, too. Yeah, that's that right, one Jason. Guy. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. I have a couple of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, anyway, we're, we're glad to have you on. And, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, did you grow up in Portland? You grew I up in the Portland did. area? I'm a native Oregonian. I grew up all over Oregon. Really? Yeah, all over Oregon. And then you yes. moved to California? I was in California about the last two years. Yeah, I sold uh, the last the last house, which I which was called the Rex Project, and it was one of the first houses in the nation to be built without a dumpster. That's that incredible. Was huge. We called it we called it the Rex Project because stood for reuse everything experiment. Because what we were doing nobody had done before, which was try to there was a house that was on the property that was falling down, 
and we deconstructed it and infused all those materials of that house into the new construction. And then we infused all the leftover materials of the new back into the new. So wow. we never had a dumpster on site. What'd you do with all the asbestos? <clears throat> there wasn't any asbestos. <laughs> that was a lucky thing. Seriously. Okay. No, no, no. We had to keep it real because we were, we were, um, this was on, uh, uh, was it, uh, I think it was on Coin. It was on Coin. It was on KGW. All the local networks. So I had to keep it real because we didn't know what we were getting into when we right. started deconstructing mm-hmm. right. that. You know, like how how long how much we did have lead paint. You know, so how much to what it cost to strip the lead paint versus actually getting more wood for the siding, the shiplap, the original shiplap siding. So I had to keep it real cost wise, and we didn't know where we were going. What you know is this going to be? Is this going to be cost effective? Is is it not? Is it going to cost me more money? We didn't know from start to finish. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't imagine having to reuse everything in any remodel that I've ever done. Well, I'll tell you what, but most she, of the stuff I've ripped out is garbage. Was, she did some very genius stuff that people would not think. Of. I'm just going to highlight one thing. She pulled some old sheetrock out of the house from before. Sorry about that. That's okay. She pulled some old sheetrock out of the house from before and put it in the ground mm-hmm. and added that gypsum into the dirt, which actually is nutrients that the dirt uses to be, you know, more, uh, ah, yes. more interesting, uh, more composty. Yes, it was. And composty. Did... Yeah, that's Tony... a technical term. <laughs> so now that you're part of the crew, you got to realize Tony makes up words. <laughs> that you know what? I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Thank God, I'm right in there with you because yeah, I yeah. don't half the things I don't even know what they are. So I have my own lingo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you guys are yeah, two peas in a pod then. Yeah. <laughs> Composting. That was genius. Well, we had that tested because that had paint on it, so we had to make sure there was no lead paint on that, and we were lucky that there wasn't. So, yeah. And that, you know, a lot of that process is I didn't know, like, okay, what am I going to do with the old, you know, sheetrock? What am I going to do with the lath? Yeah. It was a, it was a 1920s house. It was lath and plaster. You know, what am I going to do with the lath? I had so much lath. And I discovered that that could be a rain screen. You know, in the Pacific Northwest, it rains a lot. You know, so between the framing and the and the siding of the house, instead of spending two grand, you know, on a fiberglass or a plastic rain screen, we used the lath. Yeah. You know, and that saved me. That saved me close to. That saved me about fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Wow. You know, you know, it did have all those teeny teeny, tiny little nails (laughs) in it, and so what we did is we had some, um, you know, some homeless people. They were regulars in our neighborhood. We all took care of them. And so they'd come by and we'd pay them and they'd sit on the side and we'd feed pull them. Pull those little nails out. And they'd pull out. those nails out. And that's yeah. when they loved it. And, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. And so we reused that. So it was. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We sell a lot of strips of plywood that we use for rain screen. Mm-hmm. And being able to repurpose lath that was coming out of the old house for that exact. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Some genius things that you did uh, in that during that project. I just loved that video and that video was only scratched the surface of all of the things that you had to have gone through in order to be where you were i mean i saw you standing in front of that um structure with all of the materials stacked behind you from the house after it was down and you were like remember that house it's right here and you had tree limbs that were stacked in there and you had wood and my goodness i i was Having no inclination of this before, I was super proud. Just in that moment, I was like, "This woman has done something amazing." Well, you know, I appreciate watching that, that video. That was great. All right, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta tell you a little behind the scene though on that. You know, I gotta come clean on that. So 
when we were, so we deconstructed, we did, we deconstructed the house. Thank goodness it was only, it was only 660 square feet, so it was small. And so we deconstructed that and we put everything in piles on the, on, in the yard. We put the brick over here, we put metals here, we had wire over here. Yeah, so it was all piles and everything. And, you know, I was so proud of that. Look at, look at us, you know. And then, <laughs> and then my foundation guy shows up and, and he takes one look at, look at the, um, wherever the piles was. And he goes, so where are we building the house? <laughs> You're like, yeah, we're going to have to move all this stuff. Oh my gosh. That's right. The house is a little bit bigger than the 660 square. Oh man. So that's why we got two containers. And then we had to reload. So everything that we had deconstructed and put in the piles, then we had put it in the container. So I got to come clean on that. Yeah. But um, it was a lot of fun. It, you know, but once again, live and learn, you know, live and learn. I mean, if we had to deconstruct, the, it, like scrape that house, scrape that house, that was going to cost me, I saved $5,000 by just deconstructing and using those materials again. Right. Yeah. J instead of just wiping it away. Yeah. Dumpster fees are <sighs> expensive. I mean, dump fees in general, you know, the dumpster itself, plus the dumping, you know, and all the stuff. That's a huge part of budgets that I think a lot of people overlook. I, I would say that Corey is the number one person who is always looking for that exact cost every time I say I got a project and he's like how much are you going to spend and I say I'm going to do this thing and he's like did you figure a dumpster because you're going to need a dumpster and that's going to cost you $500 probably yeah yeah <laughs> or if you have to if you know if depending on how big it is maybe it'll cost you a thousand dollars that is a real expense a very real expense mm -hmm. people yeah. miss that but again if you do something like that I mean I, I would try to think about the last project I did the big project I did was my kitchen. Okay. And Tony and I, I was telling her a little bit about that earlier. And I'm just trying to envision in my head what could have been reusable in that project. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, not much. No, we honestly pulled, not much. We pulled a lot of stuff out of there that we pulled a lot of stuff out of there that had been reused the last time. Right. <laughs> they had a, a, the main beam that was holding up the entire second story of my home was flitched together garbage. Yeah, it was, it was like little pieces together. of wood yeah. nailed together in this section to there. It was like four pieces wide and it wasn't bolt, you know, they had a couple bolts in it, the beam, the post. It was all just nailed together junk. I couldn't believe it. Oh, that I the don't second think it would have been house. junk. I don't think it would have been junk. I probably could have turned that into something. <laughs> you never know. I saw this picture, Corey. You're going to love this. I saw this picture on her website. And she's, um, it's on the side of the road, right? The picture. Mm -hmm. And you see this pile of materials leaning up against a, you know, do not cross sign on the side of the road. And it's looking like some pretty old-ish stuff, Right. And then right next to it is a picture of this super cute little office space in the house with a desk and a chair and, you know, and a, and a, a decorative piece on the wall with a bulletin board kind of thing. And she made that out of that pile of stuff. I mean, I just was looking at that thinking, ugh, unbelievable. It was to me, it was unbelievable. That was a twin headboard. Nothing fancy, just a, tw and that was, there was not, the rest of the bed wasn't there. There was just a twin headboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only did I do that, that was been published. So I did that. I turned that into three things. So I turned that into an office organizer. I turned that into a, uh, the other, uh, I changed it out and I put a mirror 
in the, on the back of it and turn it into like a vanity space and to hang jewelry. And then the last one is I turn it into a mudroom where I put hooks on it and boards and everything for the so the kids to hang stuff like up. Like a coat so, rack or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an organizer. awesome. So, I have a coat. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Let alone many coats <laughs> that, would, that would necessitate <laughs> a coat rack. <laughs> Is a line out of a movie. I, <laughs> something else that Corey and I do um, way more than we should probably. Yeah. We quote lines out of movies. Every time I hear the word rack, I always think of the uh, Wayne's World, where his girlfriend gives him a gun rack. Uh-huh. He's like, I don't even have a gun, <laughs> let, let alone, alone many, many guns. guns. <laughs> <laughs> that would necessitate a gun rack. What are you, mental? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Good stuff. Um... Yeah, that's really cool. I was just thinking about that because that is a unique skill set. Like I said, being able to look at something and to convert that into something else, I think it, it takes creativity. You've got to have the creativity to be able to look at something like that. Now, so that's just one. I am just going to, can I just do this? Can What's I just that? keep saying things about you while you're sitting sure. right in front of me? No more. <laughs> like we could ask her and she could tell us, but I want to say this other thing that I recognized about her genius. So this is the one thing that you just recognized that's genius. Now, couple that with the ability to take the thing that she made that is really cool now from stuff that was not, and then to decorate it with things mm-hmm. that bring it together to make one look. You had a bench. It was an old bench. It was all washed up, right? And then you painted it yellow. But then you draped over the corner of it, uh, like a blanket maybe that someone would have on their lap when they were sitting on the bench outside. And a, I don't know, a potted flower maybe that was that matched the same. And I was like, ah, the picture was amazing. So you created the picture that someone might frame and hang on their wall. That's correct. You created the bench that someone would sit on. You added the things that they would use while sitting there. All of those things, and then not even to mention the fact that you upcycled the bench to start with. So, I mean, it's not just one or two things. It's There's so much going on in your brain. I'm kind of scared a little. I feel like I sh- you should be charging me, or I should be charging, you should be charging me to to ask you these questions and learn more about what's going on. Well, that's so funny you said that, because when I just came over earlier today, and, and Corey had mentioned in the kitchen... And he was mentioning, oh, you know, we're thinking about redoing this fireplace and, you know, you you design. And so I wanted to pick your brain. And I gave him about two seconds to finish a sentence and I dove right in. I know. <laughs> She's like, we should do this. You should move this. You need to move the piano over to that room and this and that. And I was like, wait for my wife to get home. Yeah. Yeah. He literally said that. He goes, wait till my wife gets I'm like, oh, this is, this is easy peasy. This is easy yeah. stuff no, for me. Well, no problem. One thing I, know, that I just I'm, do what I'm told. One thing that I'm very excited about now is that the Weekend Warriors have a designer on retainer. Now we just mm. make a phone yeah. call and be like, Shannon, uh-huh. we need some advice here. Yeah. That's the one thing we've never had. No. No, no design eye at all. We've been missing. I can that. design, you know, structural mechanical things. You know, my brain is just very mechanical. I think about things, you know, three dimensionally and how things go together. I can't look at something and think of any other way. I don't know. I just don't have that brain. That's okay. That's what makes everything. You know, when you're building a house or building a kitchen, you know, we're all experts at what we're doing. You know, and. You know, so you gravitate towards expertise, and so that's it's okay. Yeah. You know, that's that's part of the recipe. It's part of a good crew. You know, we want you wouldn't want seven of me on one job, because 
we'd never get it done because we would be talking about how much we could do yeah. instead of that. Oh, I don't think we should, I think we should do that. Well, what about that? Oh, that's a great idea. What if we did that? Yeah, that's super. Okay. Well, we only got one. So which one we should do? I don't know. We should do them all. Nope. We can't. So it's good that we have, you have that balance. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a funny cartoon that my kids watched called gravity falls. You ever see that? Huh? Mm-mm. It's uh, it's great. It's actually really, really funny. But there's an episode where he somehow is able to the the main character, the boy, is able to photo copy himself, and he he's like, he, there's this whole scene where there's like ten or twelve of himself, and he's like arguing about everything, <laughs> and he wants to kiss this girl or dance with this girl or something, and then they all argue about who gets to dance with her, and he's like, Wait, we're all me. It's just super funny. <laughs> Made me think of that. Yeah. Oh my god. We definitely wouldn't want seven. Of anybody. No. On a job site. He was just going to say Tony. Right before he said anybody, he was going to say Tony, which is okay. I I am a lot. One of me is a lot. I mean, I, I can't imagine two or more would be dangerous. I mean, pretty strong hands. If you know, I was useful. multiplied like Michael Keaton in multiplicity, if I was, I would have to send my clone to the other side of the planet just to keep us both alive. If we were in the same place, we would, you know, impl- we would explode or something. Well, that's ironic that you said that because what I do is, and it's more common now, you know, if you'll see people, you know, they're DIYing and they're changing things and they're upcycling all the time. But I've done it like for 25, 30 years. And so I had the subcontractors and the contractors on the job saying, you can't do that. And um, oh, they'd say, that costs too much money. And then I would always follow up and go, well, how much? How much would that cost? Uh, well, it's just, you know, you can't do it. How, really? How come? And um, because can't was a swear word in our household. We were not allowed to say the word can't. It was, it was not, uh, we were not. And so how we could change it out. So I had many of the same mindset on job sites, um, especially the last project that I did where we are literally reusing and recycling and upcycling. And I had, we were even on tour. We had, we, the house was on so many tours. And at one point we were, we were in framing stage and we had, all the, we had all the vendors that wanted to be on. They had little tables in framing of the house. And I had contractor after subcontractor and everybody coming in. And it's like, oh, well, you know, this is just going to cost too much money. And you're not going to be able to do this. I'm like, dude, I'm standing in it. We're doing it. We're here right we're, now. We're doing it. Oh, well, it's going to cost you too much money. And I'd always, I had that every, thrown at me every single time. I was like, well, let's, you know, and I'd always say, maybe. Maybe it will, but let's find out. Let's find out because we don't know what the answer is now. Well, I think a lot of contractors in situations like that, you know, it it might not necessarily cost more, but it would cost them more time, you know, to have to figure out how to reuse something. I've, I've gotten those calls before, you know, like where can I buy a, you know, a old barn wood, you know, that's like a classic one. I get that all the time. People call and ask where they can buy you know, a, a beam out of an old building. <laughs> like, I don't know. I sell new lumber. You know what I mean? So a contractor, I, I guess, probably hearing that would resort to that. They'd be like, I don't know. I, I don't, that's not my skill set, you know? Or, and a uh, really good point is that the lumber 
that we saved from the 1920 house was true two by fours, one by eights, one by sixes. And so even though I reused all that lumber, I had to pay the labor to cut that down to the size that we use now. Right. The nominal size. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, so that so that was a cost. So I had to keep that real. It's like, oh, well, I saved in actual lumber, but I had to pay for more labor to cut it down. You so, also saved because you didn't have to throw it away. That's right. There is an interesting law, actually, that I, I'll have to look this up. Uh, but there was a law that went into place that actually helped people like you reuse old lumber because Nowadays, lumber has a required stamp. It has to have, by a lumber mill, a stamp of its grade and its quality and its basically its structural ability to hold up your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people would want to use, you know, when that craze came in, it was like a, a fad. I don't know, not really a fad, but it was like this craze of everyone wanting an old barn beam. Let's call it know? a movement. It was a, a movement. movement. There you yeah. go. A movement. Mm. They wanted they wanted to bring in a 10 by 10 from this building. And you know it's strong enough. Yeah. But it didn't have a stamp. So you you legally weren't allowed to use it in new construction. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. So somewhere along the line, they actually created a law or made, made passed something that allowed people to do it. As long as it met certain criteria. Which is smart because material from those older years. Oh, yeah, way stronger. All oh. way stronger than what we're yeah. growing today. Like Douglas fir that we use in the Pacific Northwest, you know, on the old growth that you see in these homes that were built in the teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, the rings, you know, the tightness of that lumber. Yeah. yeah. It had a certain value of strength you know they that and then during like the 70s or 80s they had to go back and redesign and re-engineer come out with new engineering for lumber and lower its quality like or or its strength yeah there's a show on something history channel maybe or something now called uh barn wood builders oh yeah and these guys deconstruct these are period barns. Yes. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 1800, 1900. Like tobacco in, barns. Like old, yeah, old. Um, and then they take those big timbers, they test them to make sure that they're solid and not, you know, have rot in them and that they're still strong. And then they turn them into log homes. Mm-hmm. And they do amazing work. I mean, unbelievable, super cool stuff. Yeah, you can't, I don't, I mean, you can't really buy better wood than that old yeah. growth yeah. timber. Yeah, it's beautiful. I it's... mean, you don't really want to go harvest it either now. You know, right. you can't really, you know, anywhere legally, I don't think. Sure, sure, sure. Harvest yeah, really old growth timber Protecting anymore. those old growth timbers now. That's why I get people call in sometimes and they want, on some of these newer homes, you'll see huge timbers. I mean, 8 by 20s, you know, 8 by 14, like these big, big timbers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when they get big enough... You have to go out and source it. You can't just, it's not sitting anywhere. No. And like they literally, they physically have to go find a tree big enough to cut that out of for you. (laughs) And sometimes people don't understand that. Yeah. That's where a lot of the engineered wood has come into play these days with glue lamb and LVL. Right. It doesn't look as nice. Right. But I'll tell you what, though, Paralam by Warehouser. 
is one of the coolest products you'll ever see. They take strands of wood, mm -hmm. PSL, stands for Paralleled Strand Lumber, and they smash it in together with this with resin, and it has a really, really cool look to it, and you can polyurethane it oh. or epoxy coat it. If you've ever been to an REI, yes. they use a ton of it there. Yes. On like their stairs. It's and... beautiful. It kind of yeah. looks, looks like super cool. It kind of looks like worm. Kind of looks like wormy, wormy wood. Wormwood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of. It has these little sort of round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mm -hmm. know, um, uh, strands. Yeah, strands. So the strands are pretty cool. Are looking, long, yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. Speaking of old wood, you have got a new project. The thing that is. Oh yeah, we got to get into that. Pending. We really want to talk about the new project that's coming up. I mean, really. Yeah. Your on-site. Well, I'm going to just let you tell the story. You bought a piece of property. I did. In a new place. I did. And um, and so you, and you were about to do a bunch of work there. Tell us about wh wh where you're at now and what is uh, what is coming up. Where am I at now? So yeah, so I took it. I took over two years to look for a property, and it's out in wine country, and it's a quarter acre. It's commercially zoned, so this is why I'm able to do Oh, it this. is, is it? Yes, okay. it's commercially zoned. Okay. Quarter acre. Um, it's in McMinnville. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful um, town. It's a 19, currently on site, it's a 1911 bungalow. Just your classic Pacific Northwest bungalow, mm -hmm. which is near and dear to my heart. I love older homes. And then there is a detached garage on the other end of the property, and it's tiny. A tiny, tiny, tiny. I can't. I don't know what vehicle back in 1911 yeah. uh, that you could even get. A horse. Yeah, I probably mean, a horse. Probably a horse and carriage. A horse garage. I, I don't know, but horse without the carriage. Seriously, just the carriage. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But um, so the plan is is to currently that bungalow is a class two bedroom, one bath. Um, has unfinished basement and it has a upstairs that's never been finished. Well, it ha part of it's been finished, but not to code. Um, and so the plan is to remodel that into a three bedroom, two bath, and then extend the garage so I can get my '66 Chevy truck into oh, the garage. Oh yeah! Extend the garage and then build three other small, um, similar bungalow style um, homes. Two of them, um, single level, and then one looks almost kind of like a barn structure behind the main bungalow. So that'll be a two-story, and that will have a one-bedroom above it. And I, I want, guys, I want to create community. I want to build relationships. Um, my, in the last, uh, in the last seven years, I've lost a lot of family, um, and uh, it's it's been a long journey. Um, ironically. Today is an anniversary of some of somebody that's near and dear, close, close, closest to my heart had passed away, oh. and so uh, that that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to bring families together, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know the plan, but um, I'm so excited about this. I bought this property about eight months ago. And, um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to put the Q stamp on it and we're going to recycle and reuse. There's, you know, every, like, like you record, you're saying like all the little wood scrap pieces, you know, I'll, I'll probably turn that into art piece because there's going to be wood scrap pieces. There already is. <laughs> there's other stuff I found because the, the family lived there, the couple lived there for over 50 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they left it pretty clean. 
But there's, I've already found some treasures in there, and some are like, oh, holy, whoa. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll bury that in the yard. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a critter. That will go, yeah, that will become dust. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's the journey. And I'm so excited, you guys, because we get to document it. Yeah. The three of us get to document this together from the very beginning. And, and to be able to have that reality and, um, you, Corey, you were saying, you know, people reach out to you, where do I get this? How do I do this? You know, from a homeowner standpoint of how to remodel and how build from a contractor's standpoint, from a vendor's, there's a, there's always a gap. A homeowner always asks, how come that costs so much? How come it's taking so long? Mm-hmm. You know, why, uh, why isn't anybody doing anything? And from a, and then on the flip side, the contractor is doing just the opposite, working their tail off, getting things in transport, resourcing materials, trying to find the best deal, getting the crews on site when they need to be. Yeah. And, you know, and I always I've been I've been remodeling and designing and, and working and with contractors and, and architects for many, many years. And I always tell other homeowners when they hire me, I go, we're a team. Remember this. You're, you hired this team. We are a team. It does not need to be a nightmare. <laughs> it doesn't need to yeah. be. And also... It's easier said than done, though. It, but it's short-term, though. Think about it. Your kitchen, gorgeous. I walked right in there. It's beautiful. Okay? It's going to get finished. It will get finished. It will get done. And and a lot of times, I think a homeowner just doesn't have the concept of time and space of how long things will get, but it always does get done. Right. Yeah. My kitchen took eight months. Yeah. Eight months. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, we have this conversation with our listeners on a very regular basis. We talk about um, realistic expectations on the job site. We talk about how contractors are doing everything they, that they can to manage this job while also managing other jobs. And that they want success for your project as much as you do. Um, but I think managing expectations is very important that the, that the homeowner go in looking for a relationship with the contractor and, and the designer, if there's a designer. If you go in there looking for a relationship and you open yourself up to hear what they have to say and you look for ways to find common ground, I think all too often... Our homeowners that are hiring contractors and designers have a preconceived notion that contractors are crooks and designers are crazy. Now, I don't believe that. Nobody, you know, we don't believe that. But they go in with a preconceived notion because of things that they've read in articles or seen, you know. And so they have a worst case scenario going on in their brain. And they go in and they think, I have to protect myself. I have to protect my money. I have to protect my vision. And in order to do that, I have to keep my walls up. But the only way it's going to work is if if you go in there to meet with the contractor and the designer, open to a relationship, and allow them to, um, you know, to allow them to bring you into the team, and then you have a team. When you have a team, everybody's working towards the same goal, and that is where the success is always. Corey and I talk about this all the time. It's it's very. It seems like you said easier said than done. Mm-hmm. It seems like a simple concept. But, well, it's man, you know, we talk about managing expectations a lot and homeowners, you know, I think HGTV, you know, mm. has been the culprit 
It's it's a great <laughs> it's, it's a great show. I it's mean, a double we all edged, did it. It's a double edged sword. We yeah. all watched HGTV like crazy yeah. through mm-hmm. the two thousands and twenty tens. It was the great greatest channel on TV. Yeah, but the problem is it has created unrealistic expectations for many people. They think that a remodel takes two weeks or three weeks or a half an hour. Yeah, or, or a half, half an, an hour. hour or an hour. <laughs> and, you know, they think that they can do it for five thousand dollars, you know, because that's what they do on TV. But unless you're willing to put on the tool bags and learn, you're not going to get you're not going to get it for five grand. Right. Right. You know, right. and that's what where Tony and I have been able to do projects in our homes. You know, the amount of work that I've put in and Tony's put in at my house, I would never have been able to afford it. Never. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun thing to do. And I love it. I love the journey. I, yeah. I love, I, I love tearing it apart and I love sketching it out, you know, and seeing where it's going to go and how it's going to land. And there will, especially with older homes, guaranteed there's going to be surprises. 100 mm-hmm. percent you know um out mcminnville um you know it's uh moves slower so you know the committees don't meet like they do here in you know in multnomah county they meet very you know once a month and or a couple of times a month and so that process is going to take longer but you know i just i love see i lo- I'm, i guess i'm one of the odd ones because i love the journey i love the journey of Taking something that, and when you, I can't wait you guys show up. I mean, you're going to walk into that kitchen in that bathroom, which was, quote, remodeled, (laughs) you know, and you're going to be like, wow, this is, you know, and because I literally, I can already see the finished product. I, I literally can see it in my head and I'm purposely making myself live there uncomfortable. Um, I, I moved in and it's just been, uh, like less than two months. I have barely unpacked. I have one room that's completely full of stuff. I have done basically nothing because right, we start to get complacent. Even something little like painting a room, mm-hmm. if you get it all, if you move in and you get all set up, it's like, oh yeah, I'll paint that. And then two weeks becomes two months, then comes two years, becomes 20 years. years. <laughs> it, yeah. So I'm purposely, when I walk in that bathroom, going, man, this is ugly. Man, you know, and so, and I don't touch it. Yeah, don't, don't do and it. And I'm a designer, right? Mm-hmm, I'm yeah. like, okay, the sponge, the sponge applique still needs to stay in the three <laughs> colors of like horrific green. Uh, and, you know, yeah. you know. <laughs> Tony and I have talked about that before too, because we do the show, we try to do a show every year called Cost versus Value. And it's kind of one of those things that you've spent money on to get something done because you want it done or you've spent money on it because you're trying to get value out of it. And whenever you spend money on your home, you're not necessarily getting 100% return on that investment. It's actually, there's hardly anything that you could spend money on in your home that you will get 100%. You'll get higher. There's higher than others. You know, you can get into the eighties and even 90% of your, the money that you spent, unless you do it yourself. You do it yourself. That's a different story. You're in it. You're spending your own money. You're spending your own time learning. Then you'll get the money back out of it. But you know some of these projects in there and there are that are in there. If you focus too much on getting the return on your investment, I feel like a lot of people do this. They 
they won't spend money on something because it's too expensive. But then they live there for 20 years and go, man, my house is really outdated. I'm not going to be able to sell it. So then they go and spend a hundred grand fixing up their house just to give it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I learned, not learned, but I decided a long time ago that I wasn't going to do that. If I'm going to move into a house and it needs something done, I'm going to try to get it done as soon as possible so that we can enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Right. And create the space that you love. Right. You know, I, you know, I, you do hear a lot. It's like, oh, well, that's not good for resale. And, and I'm like, well, I'm not reselling it right now. I'm living in it. Yeah. And I mean, I've had homes where, uh, one time, uh, the treads, stair treads, the, they showed up and the flooring guy, he's like, oh, we got a problem here, Quimby. I was like, well, he goes, you know, I thought this was an enclosed staircase. It's not an open staircase. So the treads are too short. And, uh. He goes, so we got to, you know, we got to return him. I was like, no, 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 no. And again, I'm not going to do that. He goes, well, the treads are too short. I said, hold on here, hold on here. And uh, so I go out to the, I go out to my car and I I come back in. My son was six at the time and and big, big into Hot Wheels. And I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. I said, we're going to build out the baseboard. We're going to build out the baseboard and we're going to build a Hot Wheel track. And whatever that space is that is too, too short in the treads, that's what we're going to do. And, and then my finished carpenters in the background, he's like, sweet. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so literally, so down the staircase is, is a hot wheel track. And then, then, and it was, um, three floors. And then the, uh, the guy, the flooring guy goes, oh, sweet. Because the treads are even shorter going to third. Can we have a two lane track? I said, <laughs> two lane track. Nice. That's yeah. hilarious. That yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. And guess what? I, so many, like, oh, well, for resale, for resale, you know, oh my God, it was one of the best things to, for resale, to show it, to show that, you know, and it was a family and the kids and like the Hot Wheels going down the side. Yeah. You know, and from a designer standpoint, what did I do? I painted it the same color as all the baseboard trim. So it wasn't, you know, an orange Hot Wheel trim. Sure, sure. Yeah. You didn't even notice what it was. I never would have thought of that. Never. Very interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, another show that we do, we try to do every year, sometimes every other year, outdated design trends. <laughs> you know, like uh, like faux sponge prints on the walls yeah. in the bathroom. Tuscan in a, kitchens. And a sort of, uh, you know, rust colored orange. Mm. Vessel sinks. Pea green. Yes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, vessel sinks are out, man. I know. <laughs> They're out. I know. Tony Tony had one in his house. I gave him so much crap for so long for putting a vessel sink. And he, you put it in when it was still popular. Okay. But it was at the end. You know oh. what I mean? It was like it was like it had ridden its time out. And I was like, because I'm one of those people that if I do something in my home, I'm very conservative on design typically because I want it to be. Timeless. I just want it to last as long, yeah, as long as possible. Mm -hmm. I try not to jump on some of those trends, and you know, I mean, we did put a farmhouse sink in, but you know, I mean, those are still cool, right? Yeah, you know, there's trends and there's classic. (laughs) There's, there's, you know, like uh, furniture, Adirondacks, and outdoor Adirondacks, right? Never got a style. Right. So there's some things that they're not trendy they're they're it's a classic design that sure, will, that yeah. will stay forever and ever yeah. you know and um, but finishes colors you know hardware you know you know black everything was black 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 you know oh, now, yeah. now you're going into you know metals 
in the metallics and you see in the golds and you're seeing the roses and, and brass. Uh, yeah, and brass is coming back and brush brass, antique brass. And so that's all going into, yeah, I don't follow the trends either. I, I, I've never done that with, with design. Um, I just go with what I like and then I'm reusing, I'm reusing. You know, my, my past dining room uh, chandelier was all the beer and wine bottles that I found in Laurel Hedge <laughs> that when we wow. when we were taking out the Laurel Hedge oh, because nice. we lived a block from the park. And so that Laurel Hedge had been there for 30 years, and we, we found some treasures in that thing when we were cutting down that Laurel Hedge. And, of course, I kept the Laurel Hedge, and we turned that into garden furniture. But, um, yeah, and so I made beer and wine bottles chandelier. And this, this was way before anybody else had done that. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and that got published over and over again. French Glamour, for crying out loud, flew over and published that. Took shots of that. They wow. flew over from France, yeah, and shot that. Maybe you started that trend. Maybe I did. You might have. <laughs> I yeah. might have. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we we should do that show definitely with you. That would be fun. That, that would, would be, be a blast. Yeah, we had some we had some really um, some really high points to the first time we did that show. We spent a lot of time um, putting it together. We made it jokes. Uh, yeah, know. we did like uh, <laughs> like this. If you have more popcorn ceiling in your house than the local movie theater has on the floor it might be time for an update that's right or we said let's see if you have more bright brass in your house than the local high school marching band it might be be time time to update Uh, yeah clever (laughs) it was a great show we had like 50 things and uh we had a good time with it. We had a really good time with it. Yeah, we're like super that. dorks. We've tried yeah. to recreate that show uh, a dozen times, but we can't put it together. Well, we just need, you know, time. Yeah. yeah. Who has time? No time. Well, you know, that's, uh, <clears throat> so, and so speaking of time, I can't wait for you guys to come out and see the place, you know, and as you go walking through the house for the first time, and then I'm going to be point. I'm going to point, I'm like, I want to do dit, and I want to do that, and did it, did it, did it, you know? And it would be, I just can't wait to get your feedback. Yeah. You know, and, you know, from, from a technical, right, Corey, you know, like this, I'm technical. I see it black and white and how you're going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, or that's going to be a challenge, you know, or that's, that's probably going to take a lot more money than you thought it would, mm-hmm. you know, um, or time, or we're going to have somebody that's going to have to, th- I don't like to say think out of the box because I have this line that says I never think out of the box because then I never had a box to begin with. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I'd, I'm looking forward to getting your guys' uh, yeah. feedback on that. Well, and sometimes, you know, you're confined in certain applications. You said this house particularly is on the historic registry. No, uh, resource. So there's a difference. So the registry means that, you know, I can't do anything physically altering the exterior at like at all and even the garage if that garage was a leaning tower of yuckness and if it was on the historical register i couldn't touch it Mm. i'm on the historical resources okay so so i can if i wanted to do anything uh exterior like at a shed dormer or like my plan is to extend the garage back um i would have to go i have to have approval through the historic committee you know and and it has to be so the materials I use, so it had to be the same roofing material. It had to be similar to the same siding. If we can't find the siding, something that is acceptable and approved through mm-hmm, the historical mm-hmm. committee. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. You know, I grew up in Flint, Michigan. And there is a part of that town, it's actually called Carriage Town. You drive into Carriage Town and 
they call it that because a lot of the houses had carriage houses where they would keep the horses in carriage. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad because all of those houses are in the historic, I don't know if they're on the, I think they're on the historic registry. And like, I remember when I lived there, there was houses that were literally falling down and people could not afford to fix them up. Right. Because they wanted, you had to put wood windows in. You had to use real slate tile for the roofs. You know, you'd drive through and you'd see, you know, tarps everywhere because you, people couldn't afford the $50,000 to put a new roof on the house that's valued at $20,000. Right, right. You know? Yeah. It was just so sad. Mis- and I feel misplaced, like... Uh, misplaced management there. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the historic registry, there's a lot of bureaucracy. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't know if there's anything you can really do about it. You Especially know, in a town like... Flint, Michigan. Yeah, true, true. You know, I understand. I understand why. You know, um, but it does when you, it does have you have a lot of barriers, right? And this on this particular project, uh, this property that I bought, I did do my di- my due diligence before I paid for it. You know, before I bought, it. it's like okay, what what are my limitations? What can and can I? What can I can yeah. do? Which I am learning still. I am, it, you know, my my learning curve is straight up rocket ship, and you know, I mean, well, discovered that I have one tax lot, but I it's been discovered I got two lots. Yeah, didn't know that when we bought it. Interesting. So I have two lots. Okay. Well, the garage is on one lot, and the house is on the other. Wow. I can't rem so because my I wanted to remodel the garage first. And then put all my stuff in the garage and then remodel the house and then build the other three. I already, right? I had this all figured out. No problemo. Um, nope. I cannot do that because the garage is on a separate lot. I can't touch that garage because there's not a, they call it a principal, meaning there's not a house on that lot with the garage. I have to have a house on that lot. I have to have a principal on that lot. I can also have at least building, permitted building plans. So it shows I am building the house or I can consolidate the two lots into one and then have the main house as the principal, which I don't want to do. That'd be silly. You know, let's talk about decreasing the value of property. Right, right. Plus you're, you're adding, you are adding a house on that other piece of property. So it makes sense anyways. It is. But just that changes up the way you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, right. Homeowner expectations. Mm -hmm. So if that was, if, if my, if I was the contractor, all of a sudden coming back and telling the homeowner, well, guess what? You know, the homeowner would be, oh, are you kidding me? Blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you tell me that? Blah, blah. So yeah. I'm, I'm the homeowner doing that, doing learning, understanding. And, and, and sometimes I'm already, I'm pushing back a little bit. I'm yeah. pushing back on stuff. You know, um, I didn't know what a no cut list was you know, for a street. I didn't know what that was about. You know, it's like when you pave a, pave a road, um, I don't know what Multnomah is, uh, but in, uh, out in McMinnville, um, if you pave a road, uh, it's on the no cut list for five years. And if you want to cut into that, say for a new sewer or a new water line, it costs three to four times the amount that it would normally if it was a uh, oh. road that wasn't cut. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so when I started researching this going, okay, I, cause you know, will this one sewer accommodate these multiple other structures? Am I going to have to have another water line? And then they said, well, your house, you, sorry, your, your road's on a no-cut list. And I, I, once, I didn't even know what that meant. What? What are you talking about? 
And then I so I can you please explain to me what that is? And then they tell me. And then I go, is there any questions I'm not asking? Because because I don't know because this is new to me. And he said, well, yes, there's a time frame that streets are on, how long they are on the cut list. I said, okay. I had to ask like 20 questions. Yeah. And how because long? Because they're not, it's just not helpful. Yeah. yeah. How long is my street on the no cut list? He goes, five years. Oh. How long how is it? How long <laughs> has it been on? It's 2018. Oh, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. Oh, well, this is 23. So, and then he's like, hmm, you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that. And I was like, here, I'm just going to go. Yeah, I guess uh, you're in the clear. I'm in the clear in like two months. It's after two months, I'll be past the five the five year mark on the no cut list. But once again, like asking and even saying, I don't know, I don't understand the lingo, or I don't understand the process. Can you slow down? Can you, uh, you know, yeah. educate me? Yeah, um, that can be daunting. I'll tell you, it is. A little, oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like we're documenting this, guys. Right, we're keeping it real. And, and there, you know, I'm sure I'll make mistakes. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be delays and a lot of that's going to be out of our hands. Uh, but that's typical. Yep. That is so, that's right. That's yeah. typical. Two really good descriptive words of DIYing, being your own contractor, take, being your own general, taking on a project like this. It's two very descriptive words. One, it's very rewarding. Two, it's also humbling. Oh, yeah. It's humbling and it's rewarding. You got to know when to fold them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> know uh, when to walk it's away. It's definitely worth doing, but it's not easy. It's not. There is a lot of work and there's a lot of learning and there's a lot of concessions that have to be made. And you will be humbled, but you'll also be rewarded. Once you realize, once you're afraid, not afraid to make mistakes and, you know, just work through it, then you're then you're good. Right. That's what you just got to learn. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to learn from them. Corey, you so. just hit a word right there, a fear. A lot of people don't do, won't do a remodel or a new build or even move because they're afraid. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm afraid to do it. You know, I don't know what's going to happen and everything. And, um, and that's, it's okay to be afraid. And even this, even this process, like I'm, I'm remodeling one house and doing this garage and three other homes. You know, I've never done it to this caliber before. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And, but I have one-on-one. -on -one. So if you start to think of it as this big picture and get overwhelmed, slow down, you know, go back to the beginning, you know, yep. and just st one step at a time, one step at a time. That's good. And it's okay to be, it's okay to be shaken in your boots. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'll tell you what. This show is going long, so... Yeah, it is going long, but, but I'll tell you what, this is going to be really good. I know. I can't wait to come out. We're actually coming out in a couple of weeks. We're going to be checking out this project, so... Yeah, I, I'm really glad we got a chance to get together and do sort of a preface and talk a little bit about what's coming up, but be sure and check out what's happening with The Weekend Warriors and Shannon Quimby. Um, you're going to be able to find that on our... YouTube channel. YouTube channel, which is uh, at WW Home Show. Yeah, it's not as easy as that. You actually have to search. It's, I'm trying it's to figure this out. YouTube forward slash WW Home Show. If, uh, if anybody's listening and they're a YouTube person that knows how to YouTube, will you email me? We, uh, it's uh, weekendwarriors at par.com. Email me and tell me how to make it so where when I search WW Home Show, our channel comes up. 
It yeah. doesn't. Well, if you type into the email address, into the address bar, youtube.com forward slash WW Home Show. It comes up. That is correct. That is, uh, that's our, that's our name of our channel. Yeah, that is true. But when you go to YouTube and search WW Home Show in the search engine, yeah, it won't bring our show. Really? It's kind of weird. I've so never, I don't I know. I guess I haven't tried it. I don't know why or I don't know how to fix it. I'm not a YouTube person. I'm a lumber yeah. guy. <clears throat> but anyway, it's going to be on there. Uh, our Instagram is at WW Home Show. Shannon's, you, you have an Instagram? Yes, Shannon Quimby. Shannon Quimby. So ShannonQuimby.com. That's it. Go check out her stuff. Yeah. Check out Shannon our stuff. Quimby. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. We're doing this show every week. We're doing lots and lots of YouTube videos. We're going to have a ton of videos coming out of this project in McMinnville. So if you're interested in that, make sure you go like and subscribe our YouTube channel. Anyway, yes, that's, Shannon, that's about thank it you for so today. much again for being with us. It was a really good time. And uh, we will be back together again very soon. Yeah, we're going to have a blast. We're going to have a blast. All right, we'll see you next time. All right. Why did I say bye? I don't know. They're just going to go bye. See ya. See ya. <laughs>